conscious sitting down in case a tit starts to fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> the, the claps get, get louder every time yeah literally we, we, you thought we'd be used to it by now right we're going cool comfy comfy are you comfy I'm, I'm great mate yeah. good stuff just that threw me off because Josh just started yeah, taking a photo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after his last previous fuck up, we're, uh, we almost feel like we have to keep an eye on him. You need to get one of them uh, actual snappers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking spill stink. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Average Joe's podcast. It's episode number nine. We're nearly at the end of season one. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, like it's been hard work. Yeah, it has. We've only done ten episodes. No fucking Joe Rogans, are we? Yeah, no, nah. no. Nah, it's been uh, it's been good, but we have our our last guest of the season on today, Alex. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. As you can see, Alex has just taken me from a three to a five. <laughs> three to a three and a half. <laughs> yeah, but a I'm solid... above, mate. I'm not a magician. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a solid three and a half. Bordering four now with this new trim. So thank you for doing that. You're we'll, welcome. I, I mean, we'll, we'll stick some B-roll in anyway of that. And uh, shout out to Ozzy for letting us use his lovely barber shop. Big up Ozzy. I know he's watching somewhere on the CCTV. Yeah, he's probably watching us up there. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so shout out to Sinners Sinners Barbers in Raynham and Ginningham as well. Um, this is his new uh, barber shop over in Ra- I say it's, it's new. It's been here for a year now, isn't it? Yeah, August last year this opened. So yeah, we're pushing on <coughs> the first birthday. Yeah, very soon. He's done a great, great job of this one. So mm. again, you'll see the footage in the uh, in the B roll. But yeah, thank you, Ozzy, for that. But let's get into some stuff about you, Alex. Let's get it. <laughs> let's, let's get, get it to you. So, life before barbering, what did that look like for, for you? Pretty fucking dull, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. Um, like I found barbering very late in my life. I didn't get into barbering until I was 25? 25? I was in a dead-end job for since I was about 18, just like in a factory, like loading up lorries. And where I'd been there from the age of 18 to 25, you just get comfy, and you kind of get stuck in your ways, don't you? Mm-hmm. And... Um, at the age of 18, a solid sort of paycheck each week is, is good. Like You're like, oh, money's coming in, life's not too bad. As you get older, you realise, actually, this job is shit. It's long hours, physical hours, people I work with are just twats. And it's just, there was no real way of progressing. Mm. And if you did progress, it wasn't actually worthwhile, like, especially like yeah. the pay rises and that. So, And I just, I'd got to the end of my tether with it. I'd, I, I, I didn't like the people I worked with. I hated the job. It was long hours. It was like six... 6am till 5.30, Fucking hell. loading up lorries with like beds and shit like that, so carrying it on one arm, yeah, very yeah. very physically tiring, and then like you said, didn't didn't really like the people I worked with, so that was just mentally yeah. draining as well, and then, um, yeah, it wasn't until, like you said, key parts happen in my life where you get a bit of a kick up the backside, really. Yeah, you say, um, obviously, while you was cutting my hair, you said that your mum was a big influence in you yeah. getting into Barbara. Yeah, she is. She, she's been a big influence in my life in general. Like, she's always been my number one support. And same, so in both of my parents, they've yeah. supported me through everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't until, like you said, everything that happened with Miles that I needed that kick up the arse where I was I was going to work depressed. I hated, I hated my job, like you just get stuck in your ways and yeah. it wasn't until she was she sat me down and was like what do you want to do mm. yeah. what do you want to do with your life and I was like I don't know mum like, I'm, I'm stuck in that right you know like when you're 
at school and mm. your teacher's like, what do you want to do? You ain't got a fucking clue, have you? No, nah, nah. yeah. No one at that age. No, no I mean, one knows. When that, I was at yeah. school, mate, at primary school, I wanted to be an ice cream man when I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I'd have stuck Come to that on. now. Jesus I'd have preferred Christ. coming to see you then. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. It was just like, I needed that ki- I needed that push because yeah. I wasn't going to do it on my own. Sometimes you need someone just to give you, just to get you over the edge. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, yeah, she said, what, in- what interests you? Cause, like, if you? If you don't know what you want to do, what interests you? And I said, you know what? I find myself watching videos on like YouTube or like Instagram of people with loads of hair, and they kind of get cut down short to something yeah. like similar mm-hmm. to yours. And I liked that. I found that quite therapeutic to watch. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, why don't you, you looking to learning it? Yeah. I was like, yeah, fair. Not a bad <laughs> yeah. shout, you know. Not a bad shout. So did a bit of research, found um, a night course. So I'd work full time still, and then do a night course in London at London School of Barbering. Did that two nights a week, um, Mondays and Tuesday evenings, for about a year. Yeah. So while still working, while still working, six a.m. six a.m. till four thirty, getting the five o'clock train to London, starting my class at six, finishing at nine, and then getting the train back at ten. Two nights a week, and then, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> yeah, she touched it, bro. Yeah, no, no, no. And then, yeah, so doing that two nights a week, and then holding down a full-time job was just fucking yeah. exhausting. And then, whilst I was learning, I was the apprentice on a Saturday at Sinners. Yeah. So I essentially worked six days a week for a year, and and like all day, <laughs> all fucking. And day. where in that as well was DJing part of that as well? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even touch on DJing yeah. as well. So that that was more of a weekend yeah. sort of thing. That was that started as a hobby that then progressed into something that was more not permanent but yeah, very regular. The mm. hobby became very regular. So it was good because it was like you, you got a bit of money from it. You'd get free entry to the night. You'd have free entry for your mates, free drinks. Basically, got paid to party, which yeah. any youngster you're, <laughs> you're yeah, not going to yeah, turn down. Yeah. And um, so yeah, the six days a week, and then doing that Fridays or Saturdays, most weekends as well. So yeah. that year for me aged me. Yeah, that's, that's what I looked nearly forty from that. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, no, it's um, one of those things where small sacrifices, big rewards. Yeah, put put in the graft, and then uh, you reap the benefits. Yeah, mm. no, absolutely, and. Obviously, now you can say that it's the best. Oh, mate, it was it was the best decision I ever made. I wish I'd done it sooner. Yeah. I wish I'd done it sooner, but everything happens for a reason at the right time. So <clears throat> I count my blessings and, yeah, and best Sinners, decision I made. Sinners was always the place you wanted to, to yeah, end up. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew Jimmy anyway. Big what up, Jimmy. Guy. Yeah, what Big up, guy. Jimmy. Big up, Tugs. Big up, Trimmy, Trimmy Cheeseman. Trimmy Cheeseman. Trimmy Cheeseman. Yeah, so I knew Jimmy, so we... I actually got chatting to Jimmy in the courtyard at Source Bar after I'd been DJing, saying, Jim, I'm learning barbering, because I knew he was, he'd, yeah. Jim cut my hair a few times previously. He's like, why don't, you, why don't you come work with us? Like, let me speak to Oz, and like, I'm sure he'll like, take you on. So I was like, all right, like, I'll, 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 keep, I'll keep an eye on that then. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had a, had a uh, message with Oz, I was like, I'm learning barbering, like, I'm interested in sort of, just sort of helping out around the shop, getting my foot in the door, so yeah. watching you guys, helping you guys run the business and stuff like that. He's like, yeah. So I basically was the Saturday boy, just sweeping up here, answering the phone, doing the coffee run, a little bitch boy. Mm-hmm. Everyone has you to start. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. To everyone has, yeah. everyone yeah. has to start at the bottom of the it's food chain. It's like Josh chain. now for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just started at the bottom of the food chain, but yeah, it was. Um, it helped that I knew Jimmy, so it was already... I knew that I wasn't just coming somewhere where I didn't know anyone. It was like yeah. quite overwhelming. Um, <coughs> but yeah, and then Oz took me on, and then f- three and a half, nearly four years later, here we are. There you are. Here we are. 
Yeah, no, it's um, I've always, uh, when I lived in Medway, like the environment that Ozzy had created was always such a welcoming environment. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed coming to Sinners, and I wish him and all of you lot like nothing but success with, with this business because you're just such great people anyway. I think um, what people like about it is it's it's not like you're sort of normal traditional barbershop no like most people that come in it's like a massive <coughs> chinwag like mm. we get everyone involved yeah. all the customers all the barbers we all get involved stuck in the conversation normally we have, if i mean maybe not on a tuesday morning at 10 a.m but <laughs> yeah. we normally have beers and stuff like that and it, yeah. it's, it's it is like a it's just like a nice family sort of environment it's, mm. and that's what i think brings a lot of people back as well yeah. obviously the haircuts have to be good as well but yeah. I, I think they always um, are I think, I think the atmosphere also creates creates such a better experience for everyone definitely yeah, yeah. no absolutely and I remember when I when I did live like up in uh, this one I used to go to the Ginningham um, shop all the time um, I used to be gone for like two three hours yeah. sometimes my missus would be like what are you doing? Yeah. Like, something, I'm not, that I'm take, something that should take less than an hour yes yeah. I was like I don't know like, I'm just like just chilling yeah like, it's such a. I always have found the barbers uh, a really good place for me to unwind. Like, it's a safe sanctuary for a, yeah, lot, a lot of men. Hundred percent. Because it's it's not that women don't come into the barbershop because we do get women in the barbershop, yeah. but I think for blokes it's like their safe safe space. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Like what happens in the barbershop stays in the barbershop. <laughs> yeah, you can often find like I always say like. Um, a barber almost becomes like a, like a therapist as well. Mate, like. honestly, you want to... I mean, I, I won't because it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, confidentiality. Yeah, confidentiality. But some of the stuff that people tell you is ridiculous yeah. because it's like you're a neutral party. Mm. Yeah. There's no judgment. Yeah. You can let your deepest, darkest secrets out and there's going to be no judgment. There's yeah. going to be nothing spoken about it after this appointment's finished. Mm. And I think for that, like a lot of people really do let, let themselves be vulnerable. Yeah, mm. And yeah. that is... I, I love it because it's very rewarding, not just because the job itself is great, but you it feels like you really help people mm. on a day-to-day basis. 100%. Yeah. And that's that's more rewarding than any kind of like financial financial yeah, gain, yeah. definitely. No, 100%. Like, I know with like my barber back in Whitstable now, um, like me and him will talk very openly with each mm. other about, about anything. And I think like men do need that like safe space to be able to talk and... I think barbershops will pr- you probably find barbershops probably one of the um, like best places for, for yeah, men definitely. to do that. Um, there's there's not many other places really that that men do just go and just be amongst each other to be able to talk openly about those sort of things. Mm. So, I mean, no. don't get me wrong. I know you can go out for a drink with your with your mates and stuff like that, but it's I feel like it's very diff- I feel like it's very difficult to open up to your closest mm-hmm. ones because mm-hmm. yeah. there's almost like a stigma that they're not, they're, they have some sort of judgment, whereas a neutral party, yeah. like a barber who you see once a month or yeah. once every couple of months or whatever, they're not going to judge you. Yeah. They're not going to speak about it after. They're not going to go, oh, you never guess like what so-and-so's done. Like, there's, there's nothing about that yeah. at all. And I think that's quite quite warming for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah and going out for a drink like with the boys, there's, obviously, there's often a larger group of you where coming to a barber's is more of an intimate environment yeah. as well so it, it can often just be one on one like yeah. and well, you it's, can. it's like that that 45 minutes to an hour appointment is just solely me and you yeah there's no other distractions alright you'll probably have Jimmy doing some crazy dancing <laughs> <in the corner>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, but apart from that it is just literally it's like it's almost like tunnel vision it's just yeah. used to and I think like you said people do find that very very warming and very yeah. very comforting absolutely and 
like going from that, so being the barber, being the therapist, do you find that as as lads amongst each other, as as barbers, you can talk to each other, or yeah. do you find yourself just being the therapist? Cause so with with I'm more I'm more open with the boys I work with than my customers. Apart unless it's my close friends as as clients, I, I suppose there's a very very select few that mm. I can essentially open up to client wise, but. The boys at the shop, we're, it's like a brotherhood. Mm. So if you can always tell like, if someone's having a bad day because we all kind of have each other's back. Yeah. If like, say if I'm having a bad day, someone will go and get me a coffee. Yeah. Some, just small little things like that or like there's just like little things that we all do that we don't... I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. We don't pressure yeah. one another to speak. But like if you do want to speak, then you're there. Yeah, yeah, back. yeah. And I think that's, that's really important as well because you can f- f- sort of peer pressure people into speaking and they really don't want to they're not comfortable with it whereas the guys at the shop like if like I've been through some stuff Jim's been through stuff we've all yeah. been through some stuff but it's like if we want to talk about it we can but yeah. like nine times if out of ten if you don't feel up like for it yeah, don't not, worry but a lot of the time we just throw ourselves into our work as well Yeah, where, and where we're normally busy throughout the day that's a good distraction if yeah. we're feeling like shit so it is good but yeah no the boys the boys there are golden like, no that's good all of them they're really like they've helped they've helped me through some stuff as yeah, well yeah no it's good that you can all obviously um, be able to talk to each other like openly and have each other's backs because like moving through into it like you have obviously been through like such a traumatic experience mm. um, it's, it's it's inspiring really how you're still you know I know We'll, we'll get straight into obviously you was really good friends with Molly McLaren who was like really like sadly murdered in, in Chatham mm. um, and you were best best, best friends, friends yeah. yeah and it was obviously very sudden and, and tragic um, and the, you say the boys have really helped you like yeah that. I mean the thing is all this had happened prior to me joining Sinners right. but they knew of what had happened yeah. and what I'd kind of gone through so they were never they never pressured me into speaking about it, whereas as time went on, obviously I, I grew stronger from it and then the boys, we can, we can all talk about it quite, yeah. quite openly now. Especially like with Molly Fest. Like the boys came, not, not this year, the last Molly Fest that we'd done uh, before lockdown, all the boys came. Yeah. And it was a fucking great day. Like yeah. We had yeah. Jim, Jimmy on someone's shoulders dancing to some ska band. Yeah. It was class, but like they loved it. And yeah. I think they, they saw from that day how important she was to me yeah. and that's important to them yeah. and I fucking love that about them yeah no absolutely um, how did like the pair of you meet like how did you become so close well, me like, and Molly yeah this was this must date back to when we was about 16 I think drunk at a New Year's Eve party <laughs> I think we both got really really drunk and I think we both passed out before yeah. midnight and <laughs> just sort of built a friendship from yeah. that and then yeah just over the years just kind of progressed just being like really good friends. We used to go to the gym a lot. We'd go out most weekends. I'd go around hers for dinner. Same with yeah. all my family. Like her family and my family, like we're all yeah. just one big family unit, and it's great. So yeah, even like after everything happened, like we still sort of see and speak to I'm parents. Just gonna ask and that. That, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice that even though what whatever's happened is that there's we still consider them our family yeah. as well, which is really nice. Uh, touching on like the actual. Um, event like where was you like at the time like was it I was at work because um, Miles had been going through some stuff with her ex yeah um, sort of with the stalking and sort of turning up to where she was and things like that yeah and um, so we had like group chats 
um, where she was kind of keeping us updated with what she's doing, where she is, blah, 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 just so that we're kind of aware of yeah. what's happening. Um, I was at work. This was at about 10 o'clock in the morning. She, she was at the, she'd messaged us in the group chat saying that she was at the gym and that he'd, he'd shown up. And we was like, what the fuck? Like, that's a bit, bit weird. Yeah. Um, so we was just like, look, keep your distance, like report it to someone, just just basically keep your distance, like you don't know yeah. what, what, what's going to happen. And I just remember not hearing from her for a while and yeah. we was all a bit concerned. Um, so we, we sort of put in the group chat like are you okay blah 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 nothing didn't, didn't hear anything messages them privately nothing and we was just like right this is getting a bit yeah. weird now and then it wasn't until I think it was about 11ish 12ish things started, started getting feed, fed through via social media that something had happened at Dockside and we was like that's weird like Moles was at Dockside um, then there was an incident with a blonde girl at Dockside of course then we were like what the fuck yeah. this is getting a bit weird now one of those that you don't want to believe that it's yeah. her but you knew it was just it, it's one of those things where you start piecing it together and you're like no no this isn't happening yeah police yeah. isn't happening yeah. and then um, it was when I think it was a there was an article on like Kent Online where it was a man in a white vest had attacked a blonde girl and he was wearing a white vest because she basically took a picture of him like working out next to her mm. And of course, like my heart just sunk at that point. And then it wasn't until a little bit after that that things started coming through, like someone's been stabbed and shit. And it was like, oh my god. I mean, I, as soon as as soon as all of it started coming through, like I left, <coughs> I basically went to my boss. I was like, I've got to go. Yeah. I, like, I've, I've got to go. I went and picked up my friend Mitch because he was coming back from London, I think. Picked him up from the station, and then we went down to Dockside. Um. And. It was all pl- like police tape was everywhere. Like they weren't letting anyone through. And we was like, look, we, I just need to see if like my friend's here, if, she, if she's alright. Um, and we saw her car, a little Citroen, and also saw the blood on like the windows and shit. And yeah, that was that was fucking horrible. Yeah, it's such a like you say, you never expect something like that to happen to. It's the sort of thing that you hear about, especially in like America, somewhere <laughs> fucked up like that. Mm. You hear about it and you just never, ever think that's going to happen to you. And, yeah, it was, yeah, traumatising. Absolutely traumatising. I, I mean, you can, I've all, I, I obviously didn't know her. Like I knew um, I knew people that knew her. Because, um, obviously, growing up in Medway of a similar age, you're going to know... Everyone knows everyone in Medway. Everyone knows everyone in Medway, It's a big yeah. place, but it's not a big place. <clears throat> and, um, like, you... It, it was quite clear, like the amount of people that she that she'd impacted, like yeah. after it had happened. This is the thing. Like, I even spoke to other people, like people, like you said, people that didn't know her, but feel like they did know her. Yeah. Through every through the impact that she'd had on a lot of people's lives, and even people seeing things from afar, just how important she was to the people around her, and then obviously how much of a big impact she made on communities as mm. well. I mean, I've never seen a community like Gravesham, Medway, even Kent come together quite like when Molly passed away. Mm. It was insane. Like the amount of flowers and tributes that were at Dockside, the amount of people that came to the funeral was was absolutely overwhelming. It was yeah. but that it was really heartwarming <laughs> as well because that's just how much of an impact she had on mm. so many people. Yeah. And that just goes to show you how much of an amazing girl she was. Yeah, no, you can see that from Obviously, every year you do the Molly Fest. Yeah. Who who uh, started to arrange that? I think it was um, her mum and dad and other people within like that sort of group because we do Molly Fest every year in and around her birthday. So her birthday is the 26th of May. So we do it around that weekend mm. every year. 
So the next year, is the, I think it's the day after, 27th yeah. falls on. But it's essentially, it's just one, it's a big birthday party. Yeah. Um, lots of tequila, live mm. music, um, bands. I dust off my headphones and play a little yeah. disco <laughs> set as well. But it's just a, it's a day of remembering of just how, and it's normally a really, really beautiful day as well. And it's just, yeah. that's, it's just to sort of reiterate just how beautiful she was as a person yeah. inside and out. And there's nothing but smiles that day as well. And it's that it's, every day. It's exactly yeah. what you want on, yeah. a, on a day like that. It is. And it, it's a bittersweet day. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, of course. We're all there for, for her. And it's such a lovely day. But at the same time, it's, we shouldn't have to be doing this because of what happened. Yeah. But aside from that, it is, it is a really, really good day. It's yeah, really, really no, day. I see um like photos of of, of molly fest and is there a, is it her parents set up a foundation yeah as so well? molly, the molly mclaren foundation so so what does that all go towards so that basically is to so molly molly suffered with eating disorders right so the molly mclaren foundation was set up to help people suffering with food, eat, eating disorders sorry so I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but yeah. every year, so the money that we raise with Molly Fest and other charitable donations that like other people do raise money for yeah. it throughout the year, that money goes towards funding, helping people. In the Basically, it, it gets shipped off to, I, I, I don't know where it goes to, like what what companies or what places it helps, but it's, yeah, it's to help people with eating disorders. Yeah, no, that's And that's, that's I think they've helped a fair few people already, so that's, that's always good news. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, and I think yeah. that's probably like for Molly's parents, like being able to help others through that. I think it's good for them to be able to focus their energy onto something yeah. positive because, like I said, I can't imagine how they must be feeling every single day, but the fact that, especially with Molly first, they can they can focus on something, they can channel any kind of negativity and put it towards something positive. Yeah. I think that's a good outlook to have on life, especially. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, cause like, like I said, like being able to help others through such a tragic event will like you said will just t- keep your mind occupied was she was she an only child or did she have brothers no she had um, an older brother Tom Tom and Alicia Alicia's his uh, f- well now wife actually oh. um, yeah so Tom Tom was living in is it Stoke of Alicia's from um, yeah they um, he was I think he was away when it all happened I think Doug was away when it all happened as well. So ev- everyone seemed to be scattered all over the place. Mm. Mm. It's, yeah, crazy. This thing, like, you just would never expect something like that to happen. Like, especially in, like, even in a Medway town, like, we've never seen anything no. I mean, like that. You hear, I mean, I suppose you hear about this sort of stuff in, like, London, but you never, ever yeah. think it's going to happen on your doorstep, especially to someone that so you know. So close, yeah. Yeah, man. Yes. But it's one of those <laughs> things where it's, like, you'll never get over it you yeah. just have to learn to live with it with it how did you f- cut what no storage or battery yeah I'll pass it Sorry, Alex, two seconds. 
gjort indtil det heller, tror jeg. Så. Nå, men, det tror jeg. Godt nok, smag. Jeg tror, jeg vil stadig sove, hvis på spørgsmål, hvor det går til kære. Hæ? Jeg vil stadig sove, hvis på spørgsmål, hvor det går til kære. So after it all happened, I mean, obviously the um, the grieving. You, I mean, you you take as long as obviously you need to grieve yeah. for any loss. Um, but how did you f- find a way to deal with something like that? With with me when it, when it all happened, my my grieving was very delayed. Um, I didn't really start properly grieving for about two years. That, those first two years, I was more focused on the rest of the gang in my group. I was more focused on making sure that they're all right, seeing to their needs, making sure that they're fine. And it's like you put others before your own needs mm-hmm. until eventually, like two years later down the line, that I kind of hit breaking point. Yeah. And that was when I really sunk into a really dark place. Yeah. Um, not dark as in suicidal or anything like that, but just really, really, like, probably the worst place I've ever been. Just struggling day to yeah. day with just life. Yeah. Literally, getting out of bed was was a chore. I literally had no drive. And like I said, all of that combined with the job that I really didn't like as yeah. well. Yeah, fucking hated it. Every so, single day. did you just have to remind yourself of the conversation that she put you through, saying, like, <laughs> you need to start figuring out what you... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like like I said, I, my, my grieving was delayed. Um, it wasn't until two years that, like I said, I, I, I came out and I said to my mum, I was like, mum, I'm, I'm not okay. Like, yeah. That, and that, took, that was a big thing for me, because yeah. it's the same sort of stigma around blokes, is we, we try to say that we're not. Yeah. We're, we're fine, I'm fine, I'm just tired. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the it's, classic, line, it's the yeah. classic one. Um, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. And I literally turned around and said, I, I literally broke down. I was like, I, I'm like, well, I need, I need help. I need to talk. I need something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went through um, a couple of sessions of counselling, and then I got recommend, not recommended, um, referred, referred, um, referred to <coughs> Sinclair and Strong, Sinclair and Storm, Strong, I think it is based up in Kings Hill, West yeah. Morning. Um, so a lovely lady called Jackie, and she taught me, she took me through the process of EMDR. Right. Have you ever heard of that? No. EMDR is, I think, this, is it cog- cognitive behavioural therapy? Yeah. Basically, it's where, an example is like, it pans from left to right, so you have headphones, and then I had these two little handheld devices which vibrate simultaneously with the headphones. So it basically goes whoop, 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 whoop. What you do is you get yourself comfy. You go to your safe place, <coughs> essentially. And this, it's very hard to, to describe because if I was to describe it, I'd, I'd sound like I'm absolutely nuts. Like, <laughs> it's a bit like, you know, like when like hypnotherapy yeah. sort of thing. Um, it basically is how you channel your anxiety to go to your deepest, darkest place and have control over it. Right. How to basically say, look, I'm stronger than this. I can do this. So I would, I'd be sat there in a little beanbag have my headphones in, eyes shut, um, and she would say, "What's your darkest? What's the darkest point?" And mum would be, "When I saw the car with the blood, that yeah. was that's my that was my worst part part but, mm-hmm. part." Yeah. Um, and I'd go back to that, and then she would say, "What do you see? What do you feel? How how are you feeling?" And then kind of 
almost coach you through that and you can use it day to day like I, I still use it every now and then if I'm feeling a little bit because yeah. you can you can do it just by tapping things like that just yeah. it is it's it's very hard to describe but it's so beneficial really? I cannot recommend that to anyone if you're ever going through any sort of anxiety anything like that EMDR was it, it saved me wow. and it helped me and it helped two of the others in our group as well did you all go to the same place? Yeah, I recommend. I recommend because I was the first person to actually get <coughs> help because I, like I said, I, I couldn't do it. And then my, not success, but my, coming out of that, I felt ten times better. I felt I felt like a new person. Yeah. Mm. I, my friends seeing that how I came out of that almost encouraged them to go and get yeah. get that sort of help as well. Was there many other um, like men within that friendship circle? Was it a lot of? Mainly, girl, there was there was me, Mitch, Sean, and Lewis. So yeah, not many at all. Yeah, and how did they did they deal with it in a similar way to you? To be honest, no. I think I, lo- I love them to bits, but especially my friend Mitch, I, I feel like he just needs he needs to get some help. But he's a strong he's a strong minded individual, yeah. and you can't tell him. So he all, he knows that we've always got his back if he yeah, needs yeah. help, but. Some people just don't want to be helped. So if he if he can get through it, that's fine. Yeah. But like I said, you always just want the best for people. That's exactly. All it is, like isn't it? I hate seeing my friends down and yeah. sad. And like I said, I know I know what it's like. I know how it yeah, feels to yeah. be in that situation. So if if my my experiences can help others, then yeah. so be it. No, I get what you mean. Like trying to get somebody to like if somebody like, I probably would be like similar. You probably would be as well. To be fair. That if if we were being recommended something, we'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need that. Yeah. Don't need it. Like we we'll just battle through. Yeah. But that's not that's not the like that's not the right thing to do most of the time. Like if you need to get help, you need to get help. But it's accepting you need to get help and then yeah. getting the help. Like like I said, there is such a stigma around men and us putting on a brave face mm. and being all tough. Yeah. Like we're only human at the end of the day. Yeah. We have feelings too. Yeah. Like, we hurt just as much as anyone else does. Yeah. But what, so why is there such a stigma that we have to act tough? Yeah. Like, men cry. Yeah. Like, get over it. Like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it happens. Like, we we have, we have feel the same emotions that every other, well, every other person, females do. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but like, it's this whole act tough, like, no, just, yeah. if, you, if, if you're hurt, admit it. Yeah. And, and, if you, and if own you, it. Yeah. And own it. Own, own, the, own your pain because honestly, that's that's really tough to do. Is is admitting that you're hurt and you're struggling, but once you do that, you have control over it. Yeah, you have control over it. Yeah, no, definitely yes. And like you said, it it worked so well for you. And I, I bet before you even went, you probably was optimistic. Mate, I was absolutely shitting myself. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know what was going to happen. Like yeah. you're you're essentially opening yourself up and being so vulnerable to someone you've never met. Mm. In a in a room where you kind of feel like they might be judging you, like, yeah. And but weirdly, when I had my counselling, I felt so safe, yeah. Because no, because th- they were a neutral party and they had no involvement. They didn't know anything about me. Didn't know anything about the situation apart from what I've told them. They were such a neutral party that they feel like there was no judgment, no cloud, yeah. like no clouded judgment there at all. Even though actually they're probably in a good way, they are judging you to to see to analyse you to analyse you, yeah. yeah so. They're they're like really reading you, but you, they still make you they're feel re- safe. They're, they're reading you more than anyone I've, uh, has ever read you yeah. before. Yeah, it, yeah no, it was it it was I was really really scared because, like you said, I didn't like at that time I didn't like touching on it. I didn't like speaking about it because it, I used to get quite worked up about yeah. it. 
apart from like now, I'm at a point now where I can talk about it very openly. Yeah. But at that point, I was, I was so scared of getting hurt again and, and reliving it because it was like I said, it, hate, it was traumatizing. It, it was horrible. Yeah. But imagine. going back, but then like I said, going opening up about it to a, a straight, complete stranger just weirdly felt safe and yeah. quite welcoming. You probably didn't want to, as well, but doing it, opening up to a stranger can be easier because you also don't want to put that on to people that you know. Mm. You don't want them to have to go through what you're going through up here. Yeah. Like, and having to, because I've always felt like if I was to open up to somebody, I feel like I would then be worrying them that they need to look like checking on yeah. me. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's like, I suppose you probably almost feel like you're burdening them, mm. essentially, but you don't feel like that with a therapist. And also with your like close group of friends, where you were all going through the same, the same traumatic experience, your trauma wasn't any worse than their trauma. Yeah, it's almost like you're all going through the same thing. So it's like, why should you hurt more than me? Yeah, yeah. But it's never a competition. No. But it's, but I could see why, like, yeah, like you want to talk to somebody that's going to be able to help you, but in that scenario, they're not going to be able to help you because they're going through exactly the same pain. Yeah. They need help as well. Yeah. And that was, and that was the thing with me is those two, those two years after it happened, I was so focused on helping them, yeah. making sure that they're okay. Then actually during yeah, that time, yeah. I'm still really fucking hurting as well. Mm. And it wasn't until two years down the line of, of helping all the others that I realized, shit, I need help myself. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it is one of those things where, you put others' needs before your own, but sometimes yeah. you do need to think about number one, and that is yourself. Yeah. When, because we spoke on Instagram, it probably was like a, a year or a year and a half ago, maybe a bit more, that I, because I'd started journaling. Oh, the mind journal. Remember, yeah, yeah, the mind, mind journal. journal. That, um, got, that got me through lockdown. It did, yeah. So mm. for, I, I tried it, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. So I did put it to one side, but... It, is, it is quite tough, because it's, it's something that, I don't know if you felt like it as well, but sometimes you feel like you're repeating yourself a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't think I completed the three months of it. Yeah. I think I did about a month and a half, but yeah. it did really help when I did do it. I always what got, sorry, like mind journal. It was called, men, a, yeah, it was a mind was, journal. Yeah. Oh. And it was like a, it was like a, every page, oh, I just whacked my mic. <clears throat> every page had like, I think it was like list three things like you're grateful for. Yeah. Um, and like, like a massive list of like tick boxes of like, how are you feeling today? Um, when's your, was it got like golden hour? Or like yeah. when, when, did you, when did you feel like at your highest point in the day? Yeah. Three things you're grateful for. And then it had like exercises as well. Didn't yeah. It? And things like, um, uh, things like what's like some things you want to achieve and mm. stuff like that. Um, and I bought one like a little while ago and to be honest, it sat there for, for months just gathering dust and I was just looking at it like, we'll get around to it one day. Like I just need to be in the right frame of mind to be able to do it. And then I started doing it, but I just couldn't keep up with it. Like I wasn't sure if I needed to do it every day or... I think it's something that you, you kind of do when you feel like you need to. Yeah. Because, you know, some people can't speak how they feel, so they journal. Yeah. Or, like, it's a bit like how people learn things. Some people learn by saying, watching, or doing. Yeah. And it's the same with, like, opening up. Some people might not want to talk about it, but they'd rather just jot it down on, yeah. on a piece of paper. Yeah, because that way you don't have to verbally talk about things that... You might not necessarily want to talk you, about a, book, a book's not going to judge you, is it? No, no, yeah. You can just write in there, shut it away, put it in a top drawer, and then go back to it when you need it. And, but in 
the same sense you almost feel like you've you've let it out it's a release isn't it yeah yeah it's like a short release but is there something that you reckon you could ever get into um i don't know maybe yeah it's probably something you've never even considered is it no i don't know like i just could be worth trying out Mm. it's it doesn't take too long probably takes about the thing is the the exercises you could spend they had yeah. like about three or four pages. I mean, yeah. I, I think there was one day I tried writing through all of it and I was like, I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, 20 minutes, half hour or so. Yeah. I think I'm getting to a point where I need something. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, uh, yeah. I'd say so, yeah. I mean, you've been going through some some stuff recently and I, I think... I think you said that every podcast, didn't you? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> you got a lot and you're going through stuff. <laughs> no, but the, the things that you've got going on aren't just things that are going to end in a week. Do you know what mm. I mean? So, like, yeah, you have got things going on. like And like, like we're saying, like... You you was um, you was kind of looking forward to this episode as well because we were going to talk to Alex about or talk to you about um, like going into like did you throw yourself into the gym because of your mental health as well like is that something that took you through there and you know there was always because I knew that you journaled and stuff like that so I knew the mental health side of this conversation was going to be unfortunately interesting if that makes sense yeah, like yeah. there was going to be things that we might learn from 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 this episode yeah so i mean leading through onto that i mean is the because you threw yourself into the gym pretty hard yeah was that that was that was a combination of one my mental health yeah um tired of being like chubby and like <laughs> just looking like a thumb yeah and also <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also and um one of the biggest motivators was going through a breakup. Oh, okay. Mm. I wasn't aware of that. Best, best kind of motivation you need. Yeah. I'm, I don't recommend it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, no. That that was that was one of my biggest motivations, just from because it was a great distraction. Yeah. Great distraction. Yeah. I I know when I scroll through TikTok and I see like breakups and I go to the comments and see you in the gym, bro. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> it is it's stereotypical, but it works. It fucking works. It is there's. It's it's hard to it's hard to describe because I never would have seen myself as the gym guy. Yeah. Now now I am the gym guy. Yeah. But um, it's it's something that you really do. It's it's cliche, but they say you never regret a workout. You release all those endorphins. You mm. feel good after, and it is true. Like you, there's not one workout I've regretted. Yeah. Where afterwards you're like fucking hell yes I've I've done something positive today. And when you work on yourself. There's there's no better feeling because you feel like I'm on the road to improvement. I'm on yeah. like bettering yourself. There's 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 no better feeling than bettering yourself. Mm. Mm. But yeah, no, the, yeah, the breakup was definitely the bigger the bigger motivation. But yeah, looking I mean, like looking I, like a I thumb did I, contribute to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna. Uh, I wasn't aware of that, so this is kind of like gonna sway some new questions if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I mean, is that quite recent? Uh, around Christmas time. Because you were together quite a while, mm. am I wrong? Yeah, about near two and a half years. So if your if your mental health was sort of on the rise, how did that? I think it was just more me, like me in general. Like I wasn't happy with myself. It wasn't necessarily <coughs> the relationship. I was yeah. wasn't happy with myself. Like you know, like when you don't like what you see in the mirror. Yeah. Just more more that than anything. And I started going in the mornings before work. Yeah. Like, I, st- I still do like it's the best way to start your day yeah best way to start your day um yeah it wasn't actually anything about the relationship why i went to the gym yeah um it was just more self-improvement yeah um but then obviously when we broke up that was when i was like right i'm gonna fucking hit it hard. hit it hard yeah 
And then I got myself a coach. That was the, that was a very good investment as well. Yeah, I saw that. Um, is it James Hood? James Hood, big up James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was class. He because I've been friends with James for a while, and we spoke a lot in lockdown um, about workouts because. I think I was running most days in lockdown. And he was like, oh, how's, are you still training in? Because I had very limited equipment during lockdown, yeah. like two kilo dumbbells and stuff like that. I can't really do anything. But he mentioned about coaching and it wasn't until after I broke up with my ex that I actually said, James, like, the time is now. Yeah. It's time. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I he's like, what do you want out of it? I was like, because he's, he's done, um, he trained for a bodybuilding competition just yeah. before lockdown. He was just at peak week, pretty much. And then lockdown happened and it all got, oh, all got no. called off. So he dieted, trained so hard and then just all went to shit. And I basically said to him, look, I want to look half as good as you yeah. by the end of this. And I was yeah. like, I want the breakup bod to be on point. Yeah. And he was like, Say no more. <laughs> Say and that's that's what he got <laughs> Say you. Say no more. I mean, we popped the photo up in Nixie's episode, didn't yeah, we? Of, see. Uh, of your transformation, but maybe we'll pop it up again just for mm. people that tune into this one. I don't look like that now, though. Really. <laughs> <laughs> A lot has changed in two months. So, what, with, with that like whole coaching stuff, do they get you to like a? Is it, was there an end goal of doing that, like? Because now you say, "Oh, well, I don't look like that now," but I mean, I'd say it, you were still in great shape. It was more. Um, with the coaching, it was very, it was very strict. You're very, very disciplined. Yeah. Um, whereas now I'm enjoying food a lot more, as yeah. I'm sure you've probably seen on a lot of my stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas with a coach, um, you, it's like you report back. You have weekly check-ins. Um, he deals with your macros, like the amount of food that you're eating day in day out. Changes that week in week out. Adjusts it to, if because obviously we were trying to lose weight, if you're losing too little then we sort of drop it down xyz training yeah. plans cardio plans 24 7 support if i was ever having a bad day i can shoot him a message on whatsapp send him a voice note he replies back within half hour yeah. so constant support it's basically is is it wasn't just a coach inside the gym it was outside the gym as well yeah and like i said there was days when i had no motivation i felt like shit i'd had a bad day at work i just wanted to go home and eat my body weight in chocolate yeah. which is what i'm doing now <laughs> but, <laughs> but um he would just he'd be on the other end of the phone saying look it's not going to be worth it. Like, all right, you'll get the short dopamine hit of the sugar, but yeah. you'll, you'll not you'll crash it. after. Yeah. And you'll, you'll regret it after. So it's not even worth it. So some, it's being, it's, it's some, it's being accountable for your actions. Yeah. And he, he helped me through some of those bad days and he's, he helped me push to get to where, where we got to in the end. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was class. Like I can't recommend the coach to anyone. If any, if someone's ever wanting to really get into shape, yeah, or like just change their outlook on fitness or something like that, yeah. get a coach. Honestly, because it's it's so easy to kind of go online and look at meal plans, training plans, stuff like that. They're not tailored mm. to you. Like that's that's the best part about it. It's tailored to you. Like yeah. they, you work you work out your like your weight week in week out, and it, you it's adjusted week in week out. So yeah. it's it's a very personalized plan. Whereas it's not a one size fits all, unfortunately, with something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely recommend it. Yeah, because, I mean, we speak all the time, don't we, about, oh, we need to, like, start doing this, start doing that. Uh, I've just, like, signed back up to the gym, mm. which I will start, like, from this week. Um, I mean, I did actually have, like, off of the back of last week's episode, a, a PT did reach out and said that he would be interested in training me. Yeah. So I will probably take him up on that. Um, but... Like for me, it's just motivation. I mean, I don't know what it's, what if it's the same for you. It's just time, isn't it, for me? Yeah. 
Just, then the thing is, is you've got to make time. That's the thing. Yeah. Like my, my work schedule, I'm 10 till 7, so that's a long day. Yeah. last thing I want to do after a long day is go to the gym where it's really fucking busy. Yeah. So I go before work and it starts your day off perfectly because you feel like you've accomplished something before 9am mm. mm. and you actually weirdly, I'm like, all right, you're waking up a bit early but you feel more awake afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you've always struggled with like time around like the kids and stuff. Maybe like it, when Ezra's off to... I have to go at like three o'clock in the morning. Come <laughs> yeah. back because I live in Dartford. The, gra- the graveyard shift. Literally, yeah, yeah. Because I live in Dartford, so I like have my little boy like fifty percent of the time. Mm. But he lives literally like round the corner in Raynham. So I like if I've got him, I have to drive like wake up at like what six. Yeah. Get him ready for school. Drop him off to school and then drive yeah. back down to Blue Water. So yeah, I'm, I could make time. You, it's just yeah, you you do have a very busy schedule. It's one of those. Trying to isn't juggle it? It's it's just about really those. trying yeah, to like I think make it's just that the mindset time. as well, like you said as well, like just being in that right frame of mind and knowing when because my body like it sounds stupid like I, I, where I've been eating like a lot of shit lately my body's me now telling both, me brother. me yeah, and you yeah. <laughs> but like my body's like telling me now like you need to start like you do yeah. the thing is you, you learn to listen to your body yeah like I I think it was what was it? it was yesterday actually I felt like shit mm. I mean my hay fever's absolutely kicked me in the fucking balls <laughs> this year yeah. but like I was meant to train this and I was like do you know what no I'm not doing it like, I, f- I feel like shit because there's no there's no point in forcing it yeah but yeah it, it's almost like you, you have to listen to it when your body's yeah. telling you you need to have a break or you need to do this it does it very subconsciously but yeah, you yeah. do have to listen yeah. to it it's so so important. Yours tells you through your arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, regularly. Yeah. No, yeah, I've, I've always fluctuated with my weight. So, yeah. I think now, like today, you wanted to get a beer? No, I've got to stick yeah, to the H2O. No, no, I, did, I needed that. We've got to be like strict with ourselves. Just discipline, get there. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's, so, there's, easy, there's so many distractions and so many options around. Mm. The worst thing for me is when we work in a jewel shop, we've got that news that shop next door oh, they yeah, do yeah. such a good amount of snacks in there yeah i could go in there and spend <laughs> less than a fiver but come out of a mountain yeah <laughs> and it's dangerous because like, exactly yeah what you mean i used to pop in that shop before uh before getting my hair cut because i'd always be like half an hour early mm. pop in there get a few snacks and a drink sit in there chat to the boys it's like yeah it's always oh, free for a pound on cheetos i'm like yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> god how can i turn down that i'll say no yeah and obviously with your fucking biscoff addiction oh my god <laughs> I reckon if you was to cut me open, it'd just be pure biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm controlling it a bit more now. Yeah. Because thing is, even, even like, um, so like my breakfast, I'd either have oats or I'd have cream of rice. If you've ever had that, no. It's a bit like an oats alternative. It looks like baby food <laughs> when you, when you make it, but it's like it's easy to digest. Right. Um, but they do biscoff flavour of that. <laughs> So I'm like, fucking hell, I'm having biscoff for breakfast with yeah. a bit of salted caramel protein and crushing a biscoff. Like, it's just, but it's actually relatively healthy. Yeah. And that's the best part about it. So it's like guilt free. Yeah. I but think it's like learning about food mm. that really, like, is so important. Like, I, I just have, like, such a bad knowledge of food. I'm not, like, very But that's creative. what a coach helps you with as well. Yeah. Because I, le- I learn basically what what fills me up and what what I think fills me up but doesn't. Yeah. So, like, it's it's about making like the right food choices and stuff. So like low lower carb, lower carb, lower calorie but high volume stuff. So like, right. all right, a salad, boring as fuck. But when you add half a bag of salad to like your chicken and stuff like that, it's a very dense meal and it fills you up for longer. Mm. It's things like that. But you learn about nutrition. You learn about what your body wants. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's another good thing. Yeah, to I get think one. Like after I saw like that you'd had a coach, I did think ah. Oh, because uh, for me, like especially right now, I'm thinking, well, I've got my stag do and I've got my wedding next year. Like, mm. ha- and like being the size I am, 
it's gonna. I need longer yeah. to to get to where I would want to be. So Stacked like, it was a priority. <laughs> Stacked it in the wedding. <laughs> the way around. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's twenty of us. Well, the thing is, uh, yes, I do. I would like to feel better about myself mm. at the stag do because we're going to Marbella. Like, I don't want to be stood around like a pool party with a top on the whole time, like feeling conscious. But also, like my wedding photos will be there forever. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to look back and regret it. Yeah. Like, no, there's no, nothing no. worse than if I look back at those photos and I see that my suit doesn't fit me properly. Yeah. Or I'm worried about like what angles that the cameraman's getting me at. Like, I don't want to be worrying about things like that. So, but if I want to do something about it, I have to do it now. Yeah. Like, I can't just wait until how next long, year. How long is it until? So, the the stag do is just under a year. That's more than enough time. Yeah, more I mean, you say that, time. but like, being the size I am. You'd be surprised, George, for yeah. mate. You would be when surprised. When I was at my biggest, my weight flushed off me, like, the first couple of weeks. Because mm. of water retention and stuff yeah. like that, isn't it? Like, you'll lose most of your weight now. I do think, uh, like, a PT or, I signed up to just, just a, like pure gym, because yeah. I can go doesn't, to any. Doesn't, the thing is, it doesn't matter of the gym. It's nah. it's what you do in the gym. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I the, think I will take this PT up on because you know he said he can advise me like what to be doing yeah. and stuff like. That. We had like quite a long conversation today, so. Well, it's like they say it's it's thirty percent gym, seventy percent diet. Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, that is the really hard part. Yeah, the amount the amount of times that I turned down so many treats and so many like nights out like beers and stuff. Yeah, like that when I was on that plan, I had one drink. Really, and that was on my birthday. <laughs> like, I say one drink, one day of drinking. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but that was the only time that I drank in three months. Yeah. So and like now I don't even. I, I think I've had I've had two two days this year where I've had a drink and that's it. To be honest, I feel like I could probably give up alcohol quite easily. Because um, that's a big one. Beer, yeah, beer. I do enjoy a beer. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. Like, oh, I love a beer after golf. Yeah, I uh, do. Yeah, is that is that your thing? Goes hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I could, I could like jack that in quite easy, like. But if it's there, like I'll just have it for the sake of it. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that I could cut out. But for me, it's just shit food, chocolate, yeah. sweets. Like, the problem, the, pro- the problem is, food. is that the the bad, the bad foods per se is always so much cheaper and easily accessible yeah. than healthier stuff. So like pack of five donuts from Morrison's is like a quid. Yeah. Whereas a pack of apples, Pink Lady of Apples, is like three quid. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know what you're going to choose. Yeah, you, right. never, you never see the, uh, in Tesco's, the club card offers on a no, box no. of watermelon chunks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But they'll be trying to sell me a pack of five crunchies for I a fucking pants. love my club card. <laughs> That's the best feel I ever got with that club yeah. card. So good. It is. No, they, those club card offers are good, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous for a fatty. <laughs> Because it's always the yeah. treats that they put on, yeah. on the club card offers. It's like three pound fifty or club card one pound. Yeah, I'll buy three of them. I, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I think it's a tweet about club cards where it's like, "Oh, you have a club card? That'll be one pound." In fact, actually, no. Here's the money. In fact, no. Take all of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's give it to you for free. And yeah. Take all the money in the cash register. <laughs> Literally, they do just throw shit at you. It's but. clever because you just you want to go back there and spend more. Yeah, smart how they do it. It is smart. It's mine. I've got literally Tesco on my doorstep. Oh, I yeah. live in there. Yeah. They're fucking everywhere. Oh, I know. It's one of them like mega ones as well. Oh, so you can spend hours in there. Big Bertha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll come out with fucking like women's trousers just for the sake of it being on a club card offer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's. It's uh, yeah. I think um, the gym is definitely saying. We said uh, didn't we that we will try and um, 
We'd like to do like a men- mental health fundraiser at some point. Yeah, that'd uh, be good. Whatever we decide to do, we don't know yet, but it will be something physically enduring for us. We do like tough mudder or something like that. Yeah, we thought about maybe like a like a Snowden or something like that as that'd well. Be good. I did that a few. I did that years ago. What's the other one? You got um, is it the Three Peaks? Yeah, I don't think we're quite capable of Three Peaks just yet. But I think I'd be alright. No, you can you can you can start you can start off and then aim towards it. So you, yeah, you can yeah. essentially do one every year. Yeah, work, work towards it. Yeah, <laughs> we could do. Yeah, I think it's more just like what we do. To raise that money, then yeah. rather than why do you like a skydive or something like that? Oh fuck that! No way! <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to. I'd fucking that. love to do a skydive. I would no love to do that. I'd yeah. absolutely no. love that. Yeah, I'd be all like, all over that. Have you done a bunch? Have you done a bunch? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think um, there'd probably be like a weight limit on it. Absolutely not. Let's give me no. two parachutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really. just strap it to one switch arm. <laughs> I remember doing a bungee jump. That was good. Yeah, that was a hideout in Croatia. Yeah, I bet that was good. Yeah, not when you're pissed, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. Actually, yeah, fuck that. And it dunks your head in the sea as well. Oh, yeah, nah. Sobers you up immediately. I think, I think I'd be more scared of doing a bungee jump than, a, than like a skydive. Mm. Which, why wouldn't you do it? Well, jump out of a fucking plane with yeah. a shoot. Like, but no, absolutely not. You know if someone's strapped to your back? Nah, mate, nah. I wouldn't do that for love nor money. No, but then like, there's, there's a backup shoot as well, so if the first one doesn't go off, there's a backup shoot. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about that woman that fell out of a plane and she fucking, her, her parachute didn't go off and she's fired? What? It was like 10,000 feet, yeah, in America. Wow. Nice yeah, yeah, she jumped out of a plane, yeah. But even then, I'm not going to fucking take that chance. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even if I jump out, I'm not going to. 10,000 feet, you still survive. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, that's 35,000 feet. <laughs> 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 10,000 feet, I'm guessing she must have broken. Yeah, she broke a few bones yeah. and stuff, but yeah, like, she survived, yeah. She was a bit mangled. Imagine that, though. You'd just be like, just chilling, and suddenly some fucking woman just goes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? No, would, you try yeah. and, would you try and, like, what, catch up? Yeah. No, fucking, I'll be running the other way. <laughs> Not taking a face with some other old bird, like, do you know what I mean? No way. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we'll do no. something. I'm just not jumping out of a plane. I reckon Tough Mud would be a good one. I wouldn't say do anything like London Marathon because no, yeah, no. no one likes running, really, do they? No, I don't even like walking around London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah, we'll do something eventually, but... We'll let me know. I'll, I'll join you. There we go. We've got, we've got another addition to our... I'll have, I'll, have a, I'll have a backpack full of Biscoff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just be going around feeding everyone. Come on, you need some yeah. sugar. Yeah. Just straight out of the jar with a spoon. Oh, you know you can get like those beer ha- helmets yeah. with the straws. <laughs> just have just liquid Biscoff like that. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that honey, that fucking we could be onto a money-making honey. idea here. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But no, I think that's uh, a nice, cheerful way to... We've got a few questions just to add on to the end of the podcast. Um, but I think thank you for opening up so much and no, welcome, being man. so vulnerable I hope I hope my experiences can encourage others to get help if they do need it yeah because honestly like I said there is a stigma around blokes yeah being all tough but it really is okay not to be okay yeah and I think everyone really needs to remember that no definitely definitely and and just from us at the at the average Jones podcast we do send our love to Molly's family mm-hmm. um, thanks God I love that and thank you for coming on and telling your story and, and just explaining to us just how amazing of a person that she was and how influential mm-hmm. she was to yeah, uh, everybody that knew her so thank you for doing that for us you're welcome um, but we'll jump into some questions one that um, we haven't um, we haven't got them written down do you remember any of the 
any of the ones we used to ask? Did you want to fire one off? Oh, fucking hell, stick it all on me. Now. I've been here quiet all night. <laughs> the last 40 minutes, I've been fucking dead silent. I told you, I can't Got really bring you in. this one. Yeah. Just, uh, just bring in a, bring tag, in a question. Tag team. Yeah, yeah literally. Um, oh my God, JR. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them was like, What was a song that means a lot to you and why? Fucking fly. Hmm. What's a song that means a lot to me and why? There's quite a lot. Mm. I would probably say anything Wham related. Probably Club Tropicana <laughs> by Wham because it always just reminds me of my mum. Yeah. It was like she grew up. She grew up. I grew up listening to my mum's music and my dad's music. My mum would listen to 80s Wham queen people like that my dad would listen to heavy metal metallica yeah. and people like that so you can imagine growing up my, yeah. my music genre was so diverse <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah no definitely club tropicana like we had a eight a wham 80s themed party for my mum's 50th oh, lovely. just because she fucking loves wham yeah. and every time i hear any wham song especially club tropicana it just yeah. always makes me think of my mum makes me think of my mum that's yeah. nice um <clears throat> one question as well that we like to ask people is what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Ooh, my <laughs> younger self. Same size head as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've not actually grown into this head. It's just been this big my whole life. Piece of advice I'd give to my younger self. Take chances. Take risks. Don't be scared to do it. You've got one life. Just fucking live it. <laughs> if, it, if, it if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's, there's no there's no such thing as a mistake in life there's lessons just just take the risk I, like I said I wish I'd got into barbering sooner than I did it, I know everything happens at the right time for, at, and everything happens for a reason but I wish I'd got into it sooner so I'd probably tell my, my younger self take risks take more risks no, that's, that's spot on absolutely spot on and then the last one we'll ask you is would you rather more money or more time time like the thought of ever losing my parents my family my friends um yeah i would never want that no no amount of money in the world could ever get those those memories back like especially with molly as yeah. well no amount of money in the world could ever replace like the memories that i have of her so yeah. if, if i could have more time definitely i'd, I'd choose my time definitely yeah money comes and goes Time doesn't. Time doesn't. No, that's great. That's a, that's a really good answer. I think it's a great way to, to round up the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, again, thank you. You're for, welcome, guys. Thank you very much for, for having me. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Again, thank you, Ozzy, for letting us use your your, um, your shop. Big um, up big up the Sinners boys. Yeah. Big shout out to the Sinners boys. Great bunch of lads. And, again, we wish you nothing but the utmost success. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I think likewise. Uh, anything else from you, Harry? Nah, all good, mate. Brilliant. Thank you again. Cheers, guys. Signing out. Cheers, mate.